Invitation song six three. Thank you, Jake. Good morning. Good to see everybody here this morning. Good to see everybody here this morning. Caught me by a little bit surprised. Not gonna lie. Um, this morning we'll be uh, starting a new series. <clears throat> Uh, one that is kind of designed to be in a, a similar vein, kind of work alongside our, our Wednesday night Bible studies that we've been doing uh, out of Acts. And what we're going to do is sort of work our way through one uh, book of the Bible. And it is my hope that uh, these lessons, uh, along with sort of our Wednesday nights and what we're doing there, uh, will help us go through maybe the, the little parts here and there that we haven't read or maybe that we've, we've read but haven't understood. And... Uh, you know, just generally clear things up and make it easier for us to work through uh, some of these passages on our own. Uh, and all in all, make it easier to read and study the Word of God, since that is our <coughs> goal. So, uh, to sort of complement our Wednesday night study, uh, I want us to begin in the letters to the churches. And we're going to start this morning with Galatians. So if you have your Bible, uh, go ahead and turn to Galatians. I suspect over the coming months, uh, our patience and attention spans will be very tried for this little hour. So if you have not begun focusing on your ability to pay attention through screaming, I suggest you practice now. Uh, say mine certainly is at home. I'll say that. Um, so Galatians, uh, well, we're pretty much going to start right from the top uh, in chapter 1. And uh, what we're going to do is we're, we're going to kind of read this first section through and then what we'll do is sort of break down and point out some of the, the big ideas. And that'll be our question this morning. What is the big idea? So uh, without Galatians, and uh, like I said, we'll begin in, uh, right from the top, Galatians 1.1. 1, 1. Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead. And all the brothers and sisters who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, should preach to you a gospel contrary to the one that we preach to you, let him be accursed. As we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be accursed. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God, or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. So, what's the message? Where's the beef? Right? I said I'd be looking at the big ideas from Galatians, and you would be hard-pressed to find a bigger idea in the Bible than the gospel, which is pretty clearly uh, one of Paul's big ideas from right here in just the first section of chapter 1. He begins his... His letter somewhat like he normally would, and we'll talk more about that later. But right off the bat, he talks about the gospel. And he wants us to know that the gospel saves. 
We know the gospel is our salvation. We even, we even know the word, the word gospel is, is really interchangeable with the word salvation. It's sort of the way that we use it. I mean, we, in church all the time, we'll say things like the power of the gospel or, or the gospel calls. I mean, music that sounds like church hymns, we even call gospel music. In the Church of Christ tradition, when we get together, we call that a gospel meeting. Because we study Mark, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? No, because we, it's what we do. We believe it's the part of the gospel. The gospel is this, the whole thing, the message, the word of God. And it, it, it's taken on this, uh, this bigger, almost larger than life meaning. And the same was true for Paul here and in the first century church. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. When we look down, when Paul says uh, the gospel in verse 6, we know he's talking about verses 3, 4, and 5. He's talking about that act of of Christ delivering us from our sins, that God gave himself to deliver us from our sins. The gospel saves. And interestingly, when we, when we tend to talk about the gospel in a, as Christians, I think oftentimes we, we talk about it in a very uh, future or forward-looking sense. I mean, just think of John 3.16. We probably all know John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, and whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. We, we always think of the gospel and we think of our salvation a lot of times in this very futuristic sense. That it's this, it's this thing that saves us later. Of course, that is a meaning of the gospel. I don't want to take away from that. Of course, it is through faith in Christ that we are saved. That's not really what Paul's saying when he says the gospel saves. If you look at Galatians 1.4, when Paul says the gospel saves, Paul says the gospel delivers us from the present evil age. We know the gospel brings us to eternal life with God, but Paul wants us to know that the gospel delivers us right now. Being a Christian is not just about the next life. We cannot ever think the decision we've made to be baptized in Christ, to to become a part of his body, to become a part of the church, we cannot ever think that is just a next life decision. It absolutely is about our eternity. No question about it. But it is not only about our eternity. The gospel should change our lives right now. We continue studying Galatians. We're going to revisit this idea over and over. But when Paul talks about the saving power of the gospel, and he talks about how it changes, and he talks about how it transforms, and he, and he uses all these words later on in the letter, I want us to remember that he's talking about today. That it should be redeeming, it should be transforming, it should be changing us today. Which really kind of brings us to our next point. His first big idea is that the gospel saves. The second is that the gospel is serious. Now, I know that might sound like an unusual way of putting things. It's probably not a a descriptor we hear very often about the gospel, but the gospel is serious. It's not a lighthearted message. It's a serious thing for Paul, and you can tell by just the way he starts off his letter. He's about three sentences in, three lines in, and he says, I am astonished. Translation might even say, I am shocked 
that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to another gospel. Just take a second. I want you to hold your finger at Galatians and turn a couple pages back to the beginning of 2 Corinthians. I want us to look at something. Look at how Paul's letters normally start. If we're in 2 Corinthians and we're looking at the top of uh, uh, the, the book there, he introduces himself, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, to the church that is in Corinth, grace to you and peace from God our Father. He starts off, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who comforts us and is able to comfort us with the comfort of ourselves, comforted by God. We share abundantly in His comfort. He goes on and on about being blessed and comforted by God. Really, if you read 2 Corinthians, you get to about chapter 2 before he even talks about anything critical at the church. Skim over to 1 Corinthians. Look at the same thing. Look at the beginning of 1 Corinthians. Again, he starts kind of the same way the other two letters. Paul, called by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus, to the church of God that is in Corinth, to those sacrificed, who call upon the name of the Lord, grace to you and peace from God. First thing he talks about, I give thanks to the Lord always for you by the grace of God. He talks about his thankfulness and how he's, how he's blessed to have them. And he even says, I appeal to you that you all agree. Now look back at Galatians. He introduces himself. He says, grace and peace to you. And his first point is, I am astonished that you are falling away. The gospel was serious to Paul. In terms of how urgent this is, it's a little out of character. I mean, I, think about conversations we have today, right? We, we have ways we're kind of used to communicating, right? If I pick up the phone and I need something, I'm, not, I'm probably not going to just call and say, hey, I might say, you know, how, how's your family? How's your wife and kids? How have things been? How are you doing, right? We might make a little small talk, have a little back and forth. You might, the, uh, the amount of time that little small talk takes might depend on your age, right? Some of us talk to other family members who are different ages than ours. Sometimes we want them to get to the point a little sooner or a little slower than maybe than, than they would like. Sometimes it's the opposite, Sometimes, sometimes someone communicates us in a way that does not fit our expectations. You ever had that happen? Someone call you two to three times about something that really wasn't that important, maybe while you were working or your hands were full or maybe you were asleep. We have expectations when we communicate. and you know, The early church had that as well. All, all those little things mean something. Kind of the, the subtleties. If, if you call me once in the middle of the afternoon and don't leave a voicemail, I'm going to assume it's not that important. If you call me a few times, leave me a voicemail and send me a text, when I call you back, it better be serious, <laughs> right? You better not be calling me at 2 in the morning just to ask how the baby's doing. We have expectations when we communicate. The early church had some expectations. And if you look at some of his other letters, it is clear that what he's talking about here in Galatians is very urgent. He gets right to his point. And if we look at what it is that this serious, urgent message was that Paul was trying to get at. He says, I am shocked that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another one, but there are some who trouble you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. The gospel is serious. So, mu so much so, in fact, for Paul, that he says, if anyone... Anyone from heaven or from earth, if anyone brings you 
something different than what we have already taught you, let him be accursed. He doesn't say, just avoid those people. Don't listen to them. Or, you know, just kind of let it roll off your back. Don't worry too much about it. He says, ban them from your life. The original word is, let them be anathema. It was what the church would later call excommunication. Paul says, if someone brings you a different gospel, get this person out of your life and don't even give them another opportunity to speak to you. Unfriend them. Unfollow them. Delete their number from your context. Block them. Report them as spam. Do not pass go. Do not collect $200. Let them be accursed. (laughs) And then really, as if all that wasn't good enough, the very next verse, he says it again. You know how often Paul repeats himself? I mean, don't get me wrong. He talks about the same things. He covers a lot of similar ground. There's, there's themes, right? But to word for word repeat himself. It's one thing for me to stand up here and talk in circles. It's a whole other thing when I've got like this sheet of bamboo papyrus that I've got to write on and I've got to be hunched over here and drawing it all out in these big letters. And He repeats himself word for word. We have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you have received, let him be accursed. The gospel is serious. We we need to be sure that the message we hear, when someone is teaching us from Scripture, we need to be sure that what they're teaching us is the Word of God. And to take it a step further, when, when you look at Paul and the, the way he phrases this in his letters, he doesn't just condemn false teachers, if you notice that. But he, he actually puts the emphasis on the Galatians. He says, it's on you as the church to recognize and reject false teaching. He puts the responsibility on really those who are hearing on, on the audience. It means if I'm up here and I'm teaching a gospel that is contrary to the gospel of Christ, it's really on those of you sitting down to say that's not right. Which means, and follow me for a second here, but it means even those who are not teachers need to know the gospel. They need to be familiar intimately with the word of God so that when you see something that is not the gospel, you recognize it. You ever been around one of those, I'm going to say old men because that's typically who they are, but you ever been around an older guy who could just, you pass any sort of old classic muscle car, they're like, oh, that's a 67 Nova. That's got the 423 with the seven carburetors and the two gears and the four. Okay, I mean, I'm not going to challenge you on it. It seems like you know what you're talking about. Because they know. So they recognize when something is or is not the real deal. They spent time figuring that sort of thing out, learning it. Paul says we need to recognize if someone brings into our congregation a different gospel. This gospel is serious. Having a knowledge of Scripture will not, will not make it impossible for us to be wrong. I want to make that clear. Knowing Scripture will not make it impossible for you to be wrong. That will still sometimes happen. But it will make it a lot harder for you to be led astray. really kind of brings us to sort of our last big idea from this morning text. The gospel is superhuman. The reason it's such a serious thing for Paul is because he says, this gospel that I bring to you is not my gospel. 
Look at verse 10. For am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Or am I trying to please man? If I were still trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. The gospel is superhuman because the gospel is bigger and greater and more powerful than any message a man could have given Paul. The gospel is of Christ. Paul said, when I share the gospel, I'm not even doing so to please man. I have no interest in how people receive it. I have no interest in, in whether I am serving men or not when I preach the gospel. We see the same thing from, from Peter and John in, in Acts, in our study in Acts, when they get brought before the council, and the council's like, why are, you, why are you causing a disturbance in our city? Stop it. They say, look, it's on you if you want us to not follow the words of God, but we can't help but speak and do about the things that we have heard. Because the gospel is from God. Really, to be an apostle, and that, that's how Paul starts his letter all the way at the top. He says, Paul, an apostle. The apostle is really just a, a fancy Greek word that we kind of borrow, and it really just means to be a messenger. It means to be one sent, almost like an emissary or, or an ambassador. Take, for example, the, the U.S. ambassador to France, right? The U.S. ambassador to France is an, they're an American citizen who, who knows French, they might be familiar with French culture. They're hopefully at least familiar with the language. And they go over to France and they represent the U.S. to French officials. The French government. They are sent from the U.S. sent to France. Paul says, I am an ambassador for the gospel. He was sent by God to men carrying that message. And he says, when I do that, when I carry the gospel with me, and he goes to Judea and Samaria and the ends of the earth, as the Bible tells us in Acts 1.8, he's not the Jerusalem ambassador for the gospel, right? He's not, he's not the Israeli ambassador for the gospel. He's not just the Judean ambassador for the gospel. He says, no, it, it is not men or churches or areas or places that have sent me. It's God. Paul is an ambassador for God. And because of that, because the gospel is this superhuman, serious, saving message, that message is so much more powerful and so much greater than any message man could give us. It's why Paul says he doesn't work to please men. It's why he says if, if I'm upsetting people, I'm not concerned. If people are not, not happy with what I'm doing, I'm not, I don't work for men. You ever been at your job and someone who's not your boss tries telling you what to do? How's that go over? Sometimes, you know, we do the nice, polite thing. We're like, okay, whatever, gotcha. But at a certain point, if someone over here is telling you to do something and someone over here is telling you to do another thing, you're going to listen to the person that signs your checks, right? <laughs> I mean, you're going to listen to the person that you're supposed to report to. That's your boss, that the person who sent you to do that task. Paul says, look, I'm going to... He even says elsewhere, I will try to live peaceably with others with all possible. But at the end of the day, this work, I don't do it to please man. He said, because it was not man who sent me. It's God. The gospel is superhuman. Its message is from God. The, the purpose is from God. The weight that it carries, the impact that it has, all of those things are 
really beyond anything we could do alone. That's why I say the gospel is not just from God. The gospel is truly superhuman. So our question as we sort of get to the close of this morning's lesson from Galatians. Our question is who do we work for? Who is it that sent us? Whose approval do we seek? Paul says that I don't seek the approval of men. Whose approval do we seek? Who is it we are serving? Paul is an apostle, and that is someone sent with a message. Well, we were sent. We know we're going places. What's, what's our message? <laughs> Maybe more importantly, who's it belong to? So whether we know it or not, whether we mean to or not, we're carrying a message. When we go to work, when we go to school, when we talk to people, when we have conversations out in, out in public, when we post things on social media, we're carrying messages. What's the message? Whose is it? There is a reason the gospel saves. There's a reason the gospel is serious, and that is because the gospel is superhuman. Paul tells us it is God who gave himself for our sins to deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. And really, at the end of the day, that's why he says it doesn't matter who brings you this message. It doesn't matter who I am. It doesn't matter whether I'm an angel and shining in all of the glory or whether I'm just Paul, someone who has sent because really, at the end of the day, it's not about the messenger. It's about the message. It's about what we teach. Because when we teach the gospel, we believe lives are transformed. And we, we don't just change people, people's eternity, but we change their right now. If you want to know what it means to be a part of this transformative process, if you have any needs at all, we'd love to help you. Make this note this time.